We continue our guest preacher uh, series here at Church in the Square with uh, preacher Reverend Brother Danny Lopez. He is the campus pastor at New Life Community Church in East Humboldt Park. Um, him and his wife, Serene, have three children that are grown, some older than me. So they are not children. They are adults. Um, he's been serving a ministry over 25 years in this city. Um, grew up in Humboldt Park. It is an absolute joy that he's able to step away from his uh, body today and come serve us and serve Jason as he takes sabbatical. So, Pastor Danny, come on up, brother. You can leave that iPad if you want. I'll take it home if you want. Um, yeah, hey, listen, it is such a cool honor, seriously, to be here. I met Jason, I think, a couple of years before you guys launched Church in the Square. He was doing a lot of research gave me a call, saying, hey, you know, let's get together. We, at that time, our church was meeting at Salem, the Salem building off of uh, Armitage. And uh, that's when we met and we, we hit it off. Since then, we meet regularly, just kind of hanging out. Um, I, I am a, I'm very attracted to Jason because he's, he's a freak of nature. The, the, the man is so stinking intelligent. You know, I ask him questions, and he like, what do you say? He just drops the bomb, you know? He is so profound. I don't know if you guys realize that yet. The dude is a freak of nature. I mean, he is amazing. I admire him. I highly respect him, and I am blessed to know him. I am seriously elated to be here with you, to be able to share my heart with you. So thank you very much. Yeah, you know, I grew up here in uh, in the city of Chicago, born and raised, Cook County, Cook County, uh, uh, not the jail, but uh, the uh, hospital. It was Cook County Hospital. I was born there. Uh, and so, yeah, I grew up here. I was just right, in fact, just down the street. In fact, this building, yes, used to be a movie theater. I remember coming here. I was in sixth grade. I remember my sister and her boyfriend brought me here to watch The Exorcist. You guys ever see The Exorcist? Don't watch that movie, by the way. If you've never seen it, God bless you. Uh, my sister brought me here to see The Exorcist. It was the, it traumatized me. You know, uh, it was when it just came out. I remember my knees were up, my face, I was covered like this watching the movie. She was laughing hysterical because her and her, her boyfriend were buzzed. They were high out of I don't know where they were. I was like this watching the movie, and I was like, thank you, sister, for bringing me here. You know, I was 11 years old, and it traumatized me. So whenever, you know, when we were here, I remember looking up and thinking, wow, you know, I was here a long, long time ago, and now here preaching the gospel. Isn't that awesome? Hey, would you mind if we just took the next few seconds again, and gosh, we, we just got to pray again and again. Is that all right with you? Amen, amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Father, I never get tired of saying hallelujah because we celebrate you. That is the uh, one word that we use to give you the highest praise. You are good, you're amazing, you're breathtaking, you're indescribable. Father, you're ginormous. Tu eres gigante. You are so 
big God, a, a word I'm, uh, with the word hallelujah, I, I use the word wow. You just wow me all the time. Lord God, do it again. Do it again. Speak today, Father, for your servants are listening. God, we are, we are hungry as a deer pants for the streams of water. So does our soul. Our soul strongly desires you. Because we are, Father, we would be lost and undone without you. We would be crippled and blind and deaf without you. You changed our lives, Father. Do it again. Speak for your servants are listening. We need a word from you, Abba. Because God, times are, times are hard and they're tricky and they're deceptive. So, Father, your word brings clarity to our souls and to our minds. Abba, we need a word from you. We need a word from you. Can you repeat after me, Jesus? Come on, a little louder. Jesus, speak to me. Speak to us. We need a word from you. In Jesus' beautiful name, amen and amen. You know, I know that uh, Pastor Jason, he's like uber mega organized, right? Yeah? I think he is. I mean, at least to me, he is. I'm like complete opposite. My wife, she's a concrete sequential. She crosses her T's, dot her I's. I don't see T's. I don't see I's. I just, I just, I'm just kind of, kind of run and we, we fix it when we get there. I was supposed to preach a message on unity. Supposed to. Last week, I had an experience. I changed the whole thing. Is that okay with you? Good. So I'm going <laughs> to speak just from here, and from here they sometimes do connect. So I just want to pour out my heart to you for, what is, for what's happening to me in this season and, uh, and what I believe God is doing in our day and in our age. I remember watching a video a couple of weeks ago of this lady. This is on YouTube. I saw this lady um, running across a huge, busy uh, intersection. She was chasing a car that was diagonally headed towards oncoming traffic. So there was a camera, you know, videotaping this whole thing. So I'm watching this lady. She's running like this, and you can just tell she's screaming. She got towards the car. She started pounding on the window, and the car kept on slowly drifting out to the opposite direction. So you see this lady going like this, just yelling and screaming, yelling and screaming. Before you know it, three or four guys came running from the side. Two guys got in front of the car. One guy got on the side, and they started to slow the car, the car down and stop the car. Two guys were in front of the car just holding it still, while the other lady was still pounding on the, on the window. Another guy came. He had something big in his hand. He started kind of just uh, uh, just breaking the window. He just shattered the window. And then he dove into the, through the passenger side, obviously turned the car off, and then opened the driver's side door. Lady came, she came, she fell out. By then, the ambulance came. And I was like, yes, you know, uh, 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 somebody sounded the alarm. A crazy lady. We would have thought she's crazy. I call her Wonder Woman, the real Wonder Woman. Marvel should have been there to videotape what she'd just done. This lady was running, 
into danger to save someone's life and some other people who could have potentially been a severe car accident. So I was amazed at the bravery of this woman. And then while I was watching that, I noticed the traffic just kept on moving. Like it was no big deal. It's as if it wasn't even happening. That amazed me. Cars in both directions just kept on moving. Something horrible happened to this lady in the car. And then another woman uh, running in traffic. And everyone's driving like it wasn't even happening. <laughs> that freaked me out. I mean, I'm, I'm 59 years old. I know I don't look it. I'm 59 years old. But humanity continues to amaze me. Human, our humanity continues to, to, to cause me to stop and just go, wow, wow. Does that ever happen to you? Wow. And it's not a good wow. It's not like a wow, like wow. It's like a wow. Today I want to talk to you about, um, have you had a heart check lately? The power of the human heart. Today I want to talk about why for us as believers, why as us as true believers, why it is so, it is so important, so imperative for us to keep our heart at the feet of Jesus. Now I know you know that, but this might just be a reminder. Why it is so important for us to keep our hearts at the feet of Jesus. I don't care how many years you've been in Jesus or how many years you've been serving him. I don't care how many times you've read the Bible. We have got to keep our hearts definitely at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because someone is dying in their car, headed into oncoming traffic, and we need more superheroes. We need to sound the alarm. Because Jesus, Jesus may come back today. Are we ready to see him? Hey, listen, turn on your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, verse 34. Go ahead, turn them on and click your way over to um, Luke chapter 6, verse 43. I'm reading from the NLT translation. It is my favorite translation because it's easy to read. Transliterated, but yet I can get it. I'm not a King James guy. Anyone here King James people? Yeah, I'm not. You got it? When you got it, say, come on now. Now listen, I, I am, I am, um, I'm a uh, I'm charismatic kind of, kind of guy. So uh, 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 if y'all don't talk to me, we're going to be here for a long time. You know, uh, I'm like a, like a conversationalist kind of preacher. So if you don't say, mm-hmm, or say, come on now, or kind of like the pen, oh, you know, yeah, hallelujah. If you don't do that, in my mind, I'm thinking, y'all ain't getting it. So I'm going to have to go over it again. And so a 30-minute message may turn into a 90-minute message. So if you want it to be shorter, y'all got to get louder. All right? If you want it shorter, you got to get louder. What did I just say? See, y'all ain't even, see, I'm going to have to go over there. Now listen, I'm a Pentecostal guy, charismatic. So if you want it shorter, you got to, come on up. What are you going to say? Mm-hmm. That's what we do on the south side. The Latino church is saying, vamos, 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 okay? So, or throw, throw a couple of amens, 
And then I'm like, okay, they're getting it. I can go on. Are, are we cool now? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Luke chapter 6, verse 43, NLT translation. For no good tree, this is Jesus talking. Who's talking? So we better pay extra attention. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from bramble bush. Verse 45, a good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For, listen, out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Verse 46. Why do you call me Yahweh, Yahweh? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, Jehovah, Jehovah? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do? And not do what I tell you. <laughs> I'm going to talk about why it's, it is imperative for us to keep our hearts at the feet of Jesus. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, we're going to walk through this. I'm going to give you some suggestions and a challenge at the end. Okay, I'm going to double dog dare you if I may. All right. Have you ever taken a stress test? You know what a stress test is? It's this test that in order to, for, for doctors, it's a cardiological test that measures the heart's ability to respond to external stress. How do you handle stress pressure? How do you handle that? Some people can't handle stress and pressure. External. When pressure hits, they go, they freak out. They do something dumb. They do something crazy. Or they fall apart or they faint. How do you handle spiritual stress and spiritual pressure? Because that's really what this is all about. If I was to make my first point in this portion of Scripture, talking about stress tests and the condition of the heart, the reason why, one of the reasons why it is imperative or important for us to keep our hearts at the feet of Jesus is because the way we act identifies our fruit, a.k.a. characteristics. The way we act, the way we what? I can't hear you. Remember, we're we got, it's a conversation. The way we act, the things we do identify us. Be so careful. Oh, cautious. Be very cautious when someone asks, so you go to church? Oh, yeah, I go to church. Where are you? Well, I'm a Christian. Be careful when you say that. Before you say, I am a be careful because someone's watching. Someone's watching. Jesus said here, no good fruit no good, no, no good, no, no good tree, I'm sorry. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known. Each tree is what? It's known. 
Each tree is known by its own fruit. I know, I know this is first grade stuff. I get it. But a lot of times adults need to go back to first grade to learn the elementary stuff. We got to go back to basics, y'all. Hey, man, bump Greek and Hebrew. You know, we got Logos. You know, when you, you can get, I, I, I went to Bible college. I didn't take Greek and Hebrew. We got Logos. We got to go back to basics, man, to get this stuff right. No good tree bears bad fruit. Every, uh, for every tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. Every tree must produce fruit. This is really important. Listen, uh, uh, if, 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 I, I remember one time I went to Honduras a, a number of years ago, and it was in, 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 incredible. When we went from Honduras to Guatemala, there were just miles of, of um, banana trees and farms. You know, from the city, we get bananas from jewels. You know what I'm saying? We don't go to trees. It was amazing. We were driving just miles of banana trees. These were trees that produced bananas because they're banana tree. A tree that, that has its seed as a banana seed is going to produce banana trees. If I go to Hawaii or Florida or something like that, we're going to see pineapple tree. You know, a pineapple tree. A pineapple tree uh, produces pineapples. If I go to an apple grove, we're going to see apple trees. And apple trees produce orange trees produce. Okay, you're getting this, right? Right? Okay. Grapevines produce olives. Right? No. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's grapes. So the point that Jesus is trying to help us understand is like, yo, yo, a tree is known by its fruit. What are you known by? What are you known by? Well, I'm just a good person. But there's a lot of good people going to hell. A lot. You can be good and still be a pagan. I'm sorry, you can do good things and still be an unbeliever. What are you known by and why? What's your label? You know, in the streets, my, my, both of my brothers were gangbangers, hardcore. And one thing I learned from watching my brothers, never gangbang, never don't own a gun, but one thing they can't, gangbangers cannot stand are neutrons. Neutrons. That's someone who is friends with gangbangers, and yet they don't gangbang. In fact, I remember this one kid, when I did youth ministry a number of years ago, this one young man got brutally beaten because he wouldn't make a decision as to who he's going to be with. I went to visit him at the hospital. He looked like the Rocky. Seriously, his eyes were swollen. He was jacked. Like, dude, what happened? He's like, well, you know, I wanted to be with my girlfriend all the time instead of with the boys. They told him, you need to make a choice. You with us or against us? Gangbangers know this. I wonder what would happen if we the church beat up some of the Christians that are weak. Because this is serious. If gangbangers, gang guys, if they know how serious it is to represent the nation, how much more should it be for us? 
to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who dwells within us. And it is seen not just by what we say, but it is seen by how we act and by what we do and by how we perform. We need to become like that lady that I, that I saw on, on the video, willing to go into traffic to pound on someone's car and say, wake up, you're headed for destruction. Wake up, you're going to die. Stop doing what you're doing because you're headed for hell. Then people will know, man, that person's like, that person sounds like a Christian. I'm not here to yell at you. I'm just here to say, you know, we got to say something. And now I'm, now I'm saying don't put posts on Facebook and Instagram. That's weak. Now open your mouth and get in the line of fire. Because this is the day that we're living in. And Jesus himself is saying, listen, a fruit, a tree is known by the fruit that it produces. If we are born again, Jesus-fearing, God-loving, devil-hating Christians, then we need to act like it. By what kind of movies we watch on TV. What, you're, what are you watching on YouTube? How are you treating your husband and your wife? How are you raising your kids? What are you like at work? What are you listening to in the radio? How are your driving skills? Have you helped someone out lately? Sometimes it's just little things that make the world of difference. The way we act will make us known by what we say. Jesus was talking to a large, large crowd of people, but disciples and non-believers and religious fanatics. There was a large crowd there. Jesus preached this long message, and he ends with this point. And he was looked, the Bible says that he was looking at his disciples when he quoted this. God made specific types of trees. Listen, we are specific types of people. We are specifically, not just, to, not just to say we are a Christian, but do you, know, do, you, do you even know the root meaning of the word Christian, where it even came from? Did you know that the Romans used that as an insulting derogatory phrase? People who were followers of Jesus were known as people who were followers of the way at that time, post the church just, the church had just launched. People who, who believed in Jesus were called followers of the way. But then the Romans, as they were capturing them, and they started to get to know the people of the way, they started calling them Christians. Oh, that's a Christian. It was an insulting term. But then the, 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 the followers of the way said, yo, that sounds cool. Yeah, I think I'll be a Christian. One who has Christ within. And if Christ is within, what are we showing without? What are we showing out here? How do people know that we are believers? How do people know that we are people who are followers of the ways of Jesus? People know us by how we act, not by what we post on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. The figs. Right, have you ever had fig before? I've never had fig before. I almost did. I didn't do it because it didn't come from Jewel or Costco. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes. 
nor grapes picked from a bramble bush. A bramble bush is a type of a berry bush. And Jesus is trying to be, I can almost hear Jesus being sarcastic. I can almost hear Jesus kind of, oh, when he said, is he, I can just see him tilting his head to the side. And he's like, yo, uh, for figs are not gathered from thorn bushes. It's almost like it's duh, Jesus, duh, I know that. And if it's so obvious, why did he even say it? It's as if, it's as if I heard him saying that uh, um, uh, you can't get faith from, a, from an atheist. You can't get faith from a non-believer. Because a non-believer is going to give doubt, not faith. However, I was listening to Billy Graham preach a couple weeks ago. Man, he, man, he threw down. He started talking about practical, um, what do you call it? Practical atheism. Practical atheism means people who attend worship services, claim and profess faith in Christ, yet live like God doesn't even exist. A book was written a few years ago called Christian Atheism. Pretty much the same thing. People who profess Jesus with their lips, but live like Satan during the week. Or live like unbelievers during the week. That's what Jesus' point he's making here. You cannot get figs from a thorn bush. When faith is needed during the week from your life, can someone access faith from you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Can I, if I needed faith from you, can I call you? Can I meet with you and grab something from your heart that will change my life? That's what Jesus, the point he's making here. You can't get figs from a thorn bush. The reason why we are to keep our hearts at the feet of Jesus on a regular basis is because the way we act identifies our fruit. Can I get a... Mm -hmm. Second reason why I think we need to keep our hearts at the feet of Jesus on a regular basis is because what comes out of our mouth puts our heart on display. Because what comes out of our mouth puts our heart on display. What did I just say? What comes out of puts our heart on display. Jesus said it, you know, he said this, a good person <laughs> out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance, that's the overflow, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Stop. I read a book, when I was in school, I read a book called The Hard Sayings of Jesus. You should get that book. It's a good, it's a good fun read. 
the hard sayings of Jesus. This is one of those. And there's a number of them. I think there's 13 hard sayings of Jesus. These are the kinds of messages that are not going to fill churches. These are the kind of messages, actually, that empty churches. Because today's, because today's uh, uh, um, soft, uh, uh, easily offended Christians don't want to hear this kind of stuff. I'm sure you are not like that because I've heard Jason preach. He is fierce. Y'all got thick skin. Yeah? A good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. An evil person out of the treasure of their heart produces evil. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, the mouth is the opening of the treasure chest of our hearts. What's your language like during the week? What's your language like when no one else is around? What's your language like when you get mad? How do you speak when you're irritated, when you're frustrated, when the pressure hits, when you're in a stressful situation? What comes out of your mouth? Because that's the point that Jesus is making here. First point is lifestyle. Second point is mouth style. Mouth style. I was with a good friend of mine the other day. He's been a Christian for years, and he still has a lot of potty mouth. I'm like, dude, what's with the potty mouth? What's that about? Oh, excuse me. No, no. I, by the, after 10, 12 years of knowing Jesus, there's no more no, no, but, but. There's no but. I know what I'm talking about. Growing up here in this city, you know, extra, what, what do you call the, um, extra adjectives, what we would say. A lot of, we cost a lot on the streets. And it was normal. It was part of the English language. F-bombs and the SLBs and the slandering and the gossip and the put-downs, the insults. That was normal. It was part of, it took me over two years to learn how to speak when I gave my life to Jesus. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is your heart full of? What do you treasure? What do you treasure? Or rather, what is treasured in your heart? By the way, do you know what the word heart means? The real, can, can you pass me a chair, please? Can, thank you. This is the heart. In the Hebrew, it has two, two meanings or two phrases. One is seat of authority. The second one is seat of passion. It's the essence of who we are. It's not the soul, it's the spirit. The seat of authority and the seat of passions. In other words, whoever sits here determines what I say, feel, and do. Whoever sits here determines what I say, what I feel, and what I do. Seat, authority. The seat gives us the idea of throne. This is a throne. Who sits here is the king of your life. That's why Paul says, for I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But what? Christ lives. Christ lives. Where? In me. For the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Who is sitting on your throne? Who? Who? You or Jesus? Because you can tell 
when stress hits, pressure hits, you can tell who's sitting there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, am I going to have to go through this again because I'm not getting anything? You know what I'm saying? Let's back up. Do you know where heart, okay, no, no, I'm kidding. Seat of authority, seat of passion. Passion is what I want. Authority is how do I get it? Passion means what do I want? Authority means how I get it. So Jesus says out of the abundance or the treasure of your heart, good or bad, good or bad, you can tell what's important by what a person says. Now we all know, guys, listen, Jesus said it. In fact, Jesus said in Mark chapter 10 verse 18, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So we all know we're all bad. We're all bad. We're all what? We're all evil, man. For all have sinned and fallen short of the goodness of God. No one is righteous. No, not one. Jesus says, listen, you're calling me good, but no one's good except for God. The apostle Paul said, he taught us, no one is righteous. In other words, no one gets things absolutely right. We all get some, a lot of things wrong. Amen. So how do we fix it? We run to the cross. We run to the cross. We run to the cross because it was there that Jesus bore our sins. It was there where Jesus was punished for us. It was there where God expressed his wrath upon mankind through Christ. That's why it's important for us to keep our hearts at the foot of the cross because he bore all of our sin, all of our shame, and all of our good guilt because I am bad, I am wrong, I am depraved. So when I keep my heart there, something happens. As the psalmist says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and, oh God, take not thy spirit from me. That's my daily prayer. <laughs> See, because with God I am selfless, but without God I am selfish. With God I am selfless. Without God I am selfish. When I have God, I think of others. When I forget God, I think of myself. So the only way to correct this situation is to daily keep my heart, the throne, at the foot of the cross to make sure that I stand next to this seat honoring Jesus who sits on the throne of my heart. When he sits on the throne, you can tell by how I speak. It was Paul. I forget, I forget how he said it. Where he said, let there be no foul language come from your lips. People, you say that, well, that's cussing. No, no, no. The word foul means uh, degrading or any words that come out that cause decay. Anything that can cause someone decay. We can make someone's day by what we say, or we can destroy somebody's life by what we say. So as born-again believers, why is it so important for us to keep our hearts at the foot of the cross? 
is so that he can sit on the throne of our hearts and that our speech could reflect what's so important to us on a daily basis. Can I get a... It was Paul who beautifully said in Romans 3, chapter, uh, Romans 3, chap chapter 3, verses 22 to 25. This is one of those scriptures you might want to read on a regular basis. He says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. Everyone who what? Everyone who believes, there's two types of beliefs, mental belief, data, and heart belief, conviction. There's a lot of people who believe in Jesus up here, but don't truly trust in Christ in here. And you can tell by watching them and listening to them. Paul says here in verse 24, Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus, that when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood for us. So daily, brothers and sisters, I'm reminding you, daily set that time aside to take your Bible and to kneel at his feet, to worship him in spirit and in truth, and then read your Bibles to let him speak to you, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It, 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 I am utterly amazed, shocked, how many Christians don't read the Word? Don't read the Word. And yet they profess faith in Christ. We're getting to a day and age where we need to become fanatical about reading His Word on a daily basis. So many Christians have, have never even read the Old Testament. They have no idea there's a book called Obadiah, Zephaniah, Malachi. Have you read through the Bible? I, I, all of my leaders, all of my leaders in the church, I ask, have you read through the whole Bible? The whole Bible, at least once in your life. I, I'm shocked how many people, that, how many of them say, no, I haven't. I said, well, you are this year. This year you're going to read through the Bible. Well, Pastor Danny, that's kind of fanatical. Yes, it is. Amen. If people can be fanatical about their sin, why cannot we be fanatical about our Jesus? That's where we're headed, saints. That's where we're headed. In fact, if not, we're already there. Get crazy about Jesus. Get crazy about being holy. Get fanatical about... <laughs> ripping sin, the tendencies of sin, rip it off like a leech off your body and throw it away. Because Jesus, listen to me, he ain't playing games, y'all. You know what scripture, no, I'm, up, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking now. Can I do that? Is that right? As a minister of the gospel, 
many years, I still think, I still think about this scripture when uh, Jesus talks about the parable of the, the sheep and the goat. Y'all know about that one? The sheep is on his what? Right side, the goat's on his left side. And the goats and the sheep, they all knew Jesus as Lord. They called him Lord. They, they preached the gospel. They cast out demons. They healed the sick. And yet Jesus said to these guys, depart from me, for I never, I never what? I can't hear you. The word new doesn't mean about knowledge here. It means about a relationship. We never, like, it's like, it's like sexual intimacy, to know. We were never intimate. I don't know you. That's pretty much what Jesus says. Get out of here. I don't know you. Man, Jesus, but I preach your word. I don't know you. Jesus, but I heal the sick. I don't know you. Jesus, I cast out demons. I don't know you. Get out of here. I don't know you. We were never, you never spent time with me. You never set time aside. You would rather binge watch the office than binge watch me. I'm, I'm not yelling. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think about that a lot, man. I, I, I'm not going to get there and then him say, I never knew you. But Jesus, I pastored East Humboldt Park. So? Yeah, and? You never spent time with me. You never spent time with me. You never turned off the computer or turned the phone off and, and came and sat at my feet and just be quiet for a half an hour, 45 minutes. And just be with me. Let me be with you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and answers the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Jesus is not in, not, Jesus is not so, it's not as important to Jesus to fill these chairs as it is to pastors. Oh yeah, we, you know, one time I used to, you know, we have 400, 700, 1,000 people, man, we, did you know that Jesus says that um, the hell, the destruction is wide, but the, hell, the road that leads to life is what? Narrow. And then he says, few be there that find it. Find it. Which gives us the idea that you got to look for it. In the Greek, it means like a, the balance beam in the Olympics. It's, it's, that, it's that a whole, it's that kind of road that's very, it's difficult. It's difficult. That's why it is imperative that you and I, as practitioners of the faith, keep our hearts at the foot of the cross so that on tomorrow, when, you are in, when you're going to encounter stress, what is your reaction going to be? Verbally and with your actions. Because we need more radical believing believers in this day and age. Number three. The reason why it's so important for us to keep our hearts there, <laughs> oh, because it's necessary to keep our hearts at the feet. It's, it's necessary for us to keep it there, to keep our hearts at the feet of Jesus. Because our walk and our talk must be subject to Jesus' standard. Our walk and our talk must be subject to Jesus' standard of living. Do not reinterpret God's lifestyle to fit yours. 
Can I say that like two more times? Do not take what Jesus says and try to make it fit your desires or your lifestyle. I I had this experience on Monday night that really that was the catalyst that made me change the message. I sat doing some counseling with, with a number of people. And there were a group of people that I, was, that I was trying to counsel and lovingly rebuke. When I heard what was coming out of their mouths, members, people who had been coming to our location for, for, for a couple of years, I was overwhelmed by the deplorable, disgusting, depraving words that were coming out of their mouth. I mean, I remember at one time, I had to tell him, I, I put my head down. I was like, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. Y- y'all need to stop. Y'all need to stop. I couldn't take it anymore. I, I, as, a, as a minister of the gospel who understands uh, eternal life, I had to tell thee, please stop because this is too unbelievable for me. For days, I remember I got home. I got home like one in the morning. I got home, my, my wife says, how you doing? I said, man, I, I'm not doing good, girl. I'm not doing too good. I'm, my mind is blown to, 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 to smithereens right now because people who have been attending uh, Monday, Sunday morning services for, for long, long time, are, they don't even know Jesus yet. They don't even know Jesus. Freaked me out, man. And then that scripture that came to my heart, my mind was that the heart of man is desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. That's why Jesus here says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't even do what I tell you? You want to know why? Because people who call Jesus Lord, Lord, are not spending time listening to him as Lord. Have you ever heard the voice of God? Seriously. Have you ever heard the voice of God? You should say yes, because when you read the scriptures, it speaks to you. When you pray, you talk to God. When you read the Bible, God talks to you. When you pray, you talk to God. When you read the Bible, God talks to you. What did I just say? When you pray... When you read your Bible, what happens when you pray? What happens when you read your Bible? So when you pray, make sure you have the Bible with you because then it's a conversation. Do not pray. Well, I, I pray, but are you reading the Bible? Well, no, I don't really. And, the, and I tell them, that, 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 that. That's what I do. That, 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 that. Don't, don't, don't. It's a one-sided conversation. Uh, I pray just before I go to bed. And God's supposed to be impressed with that. You're a believer. Act like it. You're a believer, so we believe. What is it that we believe? Well, we believe what he says. Jesus says, don't call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say. What does he want us to do? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And number two, love your neighbor. Agapeo, your neighbor. Sacrificial love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And I know we lo- I love me some meat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love me some meat. Mm-hmm. I love- so I got to love my neighbor like I love me. 
Obedience to God proves our love for him. It demonstrates our faithfulness to him and glorifies him in this world. So why is it that it's so important for us to keep our hearts at the feet of Jesus? It's because, listen to me, when he speaks, we must be ready to act on what he says. But if you haven't developed your ear to hear him, then you will not be obedient. That's why it was it, how many times it says, let him who has ears, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. Which means that God's Spirit is constantly speaking. But are we hearing? So Pastor Danny, how do I develop an ear to hear? Be quiet in your spirit. Develop a closet of prayer. I have a small room in my home. And every morning I get in there. I don't do it because I'm a pastor. I'm doing it because I love Jesus. I close the door. That's my wife, my, my wife knows. Don't go in yet because the door is still closed. And I spend time with Yahweh. It's me and him. It's just me and him. I turn everything off. And I just listen. I pray, then I read, and I journal. Repeat. I listen. I pray, I read, and I write. Because when you do that, you get to, you, you slow everything down, you push all the distractions away, and then boom, there he is right there. He's right there. Did you know that it was Moses the Bible says that he had what's called the tent of meeting. He carried it around with him. Did you know that? He had this little tent that he carried around with him. And then wherever Israel sat, I mean, they stopped. He set his tent out just, in, just, just outside of the community. And he would walk to the tent of meeting. He would kneel down. The Bible says he would crawl in. And the Bible says that he, would, he was nose to nose with Yahweh. Nose to nose with the Father. And it was Joshua who was just outside the tent. I can't imagine Joshua thinking, snap, that must be so cool. Man, he's talking to God. And then Moses would come out and Joshua would still be there wondering, I wonder if, what would happen if I went in. That's what I would do. <laughs> what would it's like being face-to-face -face with God? But today we can know because of what Jesus did in the cross and the resurrection from the dead. So brothers and sisters, here's your challenge. I double-dog dare you for the next seven days. Seven days. Start there. Make an appointment. Put it on your calendar. Make an appointment. On my calendar, I get up at 6. It's called Date with Jesus. That's why I call it Date with Jesus. I get up 10 minutes before 6, get myself ready, and I go in. It's Date with Jesus. Have a date with Jesus for seven days with your Bible. Make sure it's a Bible that you can understand. If you don't get it, then get another Bible. Read a Bible that you can read and get it. If you're a writer, have something on the right. Have something to write. And then read and pray. Read, think, and pray. And write if you want. And then, here's number two. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready for what, Pastor Danny? Get ready for a challenge. Or ready, get ready for an opportunity.
to exercise your faith. To whom much is given, much is. Who much more is given, much more is. Expected. It's another word, expected. If you have faith, then you can move mountains. And get ready to move someone's mountain this week. Always be ready to give. Give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, and running over. It has nothing to do with money. The Pentecostals, Charismatics, ruined that scripture. It has everything to do with your life, your heart. You want more of God? Give him away. Get ready to give Jesus away this week. Someone is going to be waiting for you to minister to them on the streets, at your office, or in your house. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me for a moment. Padre Santo, Yahweh God, Lord of Lords, you are the ruler, the king of all kings. We thank you for this passage in Luke. Thank you, Father, that Luke had the gall to write it. He was obedient to your, to your spirit when he wrote this passage of Scripture. Thank you for challenging us not just to call you Lord, Lord, but to act like you are Lord, Lord of our lives. Father, we are weak. Plain and simple. Lord, we are weak. But we thank you that in our weakness, you have made grace available to us because your grace is sufficient for us. For your, your power is being perfected in our weakness. So each and every one of us, Father God, help us to be dependent, to be loyal, to be faithful. Father, to spend time on our knees. Lord, forgive us of our sin of procrastination. Forgive us, Father, of our sin of a belief. Forgive us, Father God, for, for laziness. Forgive us, Father. Set us on fire in these last days that we would make you known by how we live and what we say. I'm asking you this, Father, because I believe that you hear and answer prayer. And I pray this by the merit, the credit, and the authority that is in that name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.